How's everybody doing today? Good. I'll ask that again. How's everybody doing today? Okay, that's what I'm honored to be with you today. Um, we've been going through, oh, excuse me. How are you doing? Good. There it is. All right. Uh, it, is, it is an honor. We're going through the book of, of John. You guys enjoying the book of John? Yeah. yeah? All right. It's a good book. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about John chapter 10. And before that, we're gonna, I'm just going to give you a little background. Um, since chapter 4, Jesus has been in this pattern of, of messianic uh, declarations, miraculous demonstrations, and debate with the religious leaders. Uh, this provoking comes to head when the blind man in chapter 9 is put out of the synagogue. Jesus uses the familiar Old Testament imagery of God as our shepherd in chapter 10 to contrast his character with the religious leaders. Chapter 10 is the rebuke of these religious leaders. Let's read it. I have uh, John chapter 10 starting at verse 7. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. This is strong language from Jesus. Uh, They will come in and go out and find pasture. That's a promise. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. This is pretty strong language from Jesus. I am the good shepherd, he says in verse 14. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Today we're going to be talking about God's commitment to you. Can you pray with me today? Father, I thank you so much uh, for this church. I thank you for your word that you have placed here before us. I pray that I would just be a mouthpiece from heaven, God, that you would edify your church, build up your kingdom, and that we would draw closer to you as we understand who you are and how much you love us, God. We bless you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. All right, let's get straight to it. I want to play a game. Is that okay? Can we? Okay. I I need, and this is where I'm going to, I might pick on somebody, but that's okay. Um, I need like the, the strongest, tallest, buffest, most swollest dude in this place. If you think you go to the gym all the time and you're a big fella, you lift weights, you can bench press 800 pounds. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. If, if you're the wife of somebody you think is buff and big, I'm looking, I'm, don't, I saw those biceps. I'm not pointing at anybody. If, 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 anybody, anybody, anybody. Any tall, strong, manly men in here? Come on, I need. We can't continue the sermon if I don't have anybody. Don't make me pick Pastor Scott. Okay, here we go. Here we go. How you doing? What's your name? John. 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 That's fitting. I like that. Okay. So you work out. Okay. Is that a schmedium? What size shirt is that? It's a large. That's not... It's a large. <laughs> you... Okay, stay right there. All right, John. 
You ever done a trust fall? I have. Okay. Can you put this on for me? Yes, sir. All right. We're going to have some fun today. Can you see? I cannot. You cannot. Okay. So I want you um, to turn around. Let's turn around. And about two feet in front of you. Go one, one step. There you go. Step up. And that's the edge of the stage. Go ahead and step up. I got you. All right. Right there. You feel the edge of the stage? Yep. Okay. It's right behind you. Okay. Don't move, okay? Because I don't want you to fall. I don't know how strong I am, but okay. <laughs> Stay right there, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find... Any kids? Do we have any little? Let's see. Yeah. Okay. John, you have no idea what's going on, right? No. Okay, good. I got it, man. Okay. <laughs> you work out? Uh, intermittently. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you guys know how this works, right? Okay. So John doesn't really know what's going on behind him. He knows there's somebody back here. He doesn't know who it is. He's, he's kind of just trusting, right? That's a, that's a good thing. Can, so can we count down from five? Is that okay? Okay. And then you know what to do after, after one? You, wait. <laughs> you <don't, laughs> wait, you got questions. Hold on. He's got questions. Hold on. Okay. No, you're, no, no, not, not forward. Backwards. I'm, okay, yeah. backwards. Yeah. The church is insured. Yeah. You can't okay. sue anybody. Like, okay, we're good. We're right. We're covered. Yeah, okay. you trust me. Okay, I do. You trust what's about to happen. I guess. Oh, I guess. <laughs> he said, I guess. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is so much fun. Okay. You going to count with me? Okay, ready? Loudly. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, don't, don't, don't. He was going to go. He was going to go that time. I... <laughs> okay. Stay right there. This is, <laughs> he was going to go the first, in the first service. He wasn't going to go. This is amazing. I like your faith. Okay. But this is, this is kind of a, an example of, of who we are as people. We, we trust people and trust certain things every single day without thinking about it. And I'll explain what I mean because he doesn't know what's going to happen behind him. He doesn't know who's behind him. He doesn't know if there's one person, a little kid, like in the last service, um, or... <laughs> Like, you know, if there's a couple guys back there ready to, he doesn't know. And the fact is that we trust things every single day without asking questions. I'll give you an example. I trust that my alarm clock was going to go off this morning because if it didn't, I wouldn't be here. Amen. Okay. I want to sleep. I trust that my car is going to start to get me here. I trust that my tires are going to hold up to get me here. Does anybody actually every single day go and investigate their car, check the tire pressure, check the oil, check the fluid levels in their car? Does anybody do that? The blinker fluid, anything? No? <laughs> the guys, guys are like, yeah, that's an old joke. Okay. But, but nobody actually nobody does that because you just trust your car, right? I'll give you an example. I went to San Francisco on Friday with my wife, and we were having, planning on having a great time because we trusted the weather app. The weather app said that it was going to be 72 and sunny with a slight breeze. We went to San Francisco in flip-flops and shorts, and it was like 60 degrees, and there was so much fog that you couldn't even see the sun, and there was a 30-mile-an-hour constant breeze, if you want to call that a breeze. So we had, we had a great time, but it was, we trusted the weather app, and it let me down because the weather app is a liar. This with, And I don't want to like make anybody nervous like on the way home, but... 
Every single day, every, how many of you drive? Okay, all of us. How many of you have ever gotten in a car if you don't drive? We trust that the person in oncoming traffic is not going to do this and hit us every single day. We pass millions of people in our lifetime trusting that they're going to do the right thing. We trust their background. We trust their knowledge of driving. We trust all of this stuff. And the fact is, we have no idea who they are. You don't know if that person's intoxicated, if they're a brand new driver, if they can't see above the steering wheel like my wife, like if they're really short, right? So like, we trust a lot of things. And this is kind of an example of what we do every single day. And so the question is, if we trust all of these things with no questions asked, just like John was about to take the leap of faith and trust what was about to happen, why don't we trust Jesus the same way? The sad reality is that many of us don't trust Jesus as much as we trust the oncoming traffic. So we're going to talk about trust today. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Can you give him a round of applause? Pastor Scott would have caught you. I I think. I think he would have caught you. I don't know. But so Jesus comes along and he's laying out the, the case for trusting. This is the case for trusting Jesus. And in these passages, there are there are uh, certain uh, commitments that Jesus makes to us. And the first one is God's commitment is to safeguard us. In verse chapter seven or verse seven, it says, Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Verse 10 says, I have come that they may have life. And have it to the full. Another version would say, life and life more abundantly. Okay? Jesus is the gatekeeper. And I need you to understand kind of the context because there were shepherds and there were sheep. The sheep at night, during the day, they would go out to the pasture and they would eat. At night, the shepherd would gather them into a little pen, sometimes up against the structure or a a, a cave, and put a, a, a fence, a little fence, makeshift fence, to keep them in that pen at night. And the shepherd would literally, if this was the door, he would literally lay down at the door as the shepherd, as the protector. And this was his job to literally be the gate, be the door. So in other words, if anything was to get to the sheep, they would have to go through the shepherd. Does that make sense? So he was was there guarding the sheep, protecting the sheep, and they had to be, they had to, anything that would uh, seek to harm the sheep, the thief, the wolf, anything would have to come through the shepherd. And Jesus has given us this this language. So, but when we think gate, Jesus is the gate, at least I did, I thought of Jesus as more of a bouncer. Right? Swole Jesus, buff Jesus, right? Standing there. Yes, you may enter. No, you may not. Get out of here, right? Like, I've known a couple guys that were bouncers and they're big dudes, right? Just real strong, tall guys. I always thought of Jesus in this passage as, as the bouncer, letting people into, a, into the club, so to speak, right? And he lets them in, and then he closes the door so no, nobody else will, will, will come in after you, whatever. But I think what Jesus is trying to portray is not the, the, the vision of a, of a bouncer, but more of a bodyguard. And let me explain this. There's a documentary called Bodyguards on, I think it's still on Netflix, I'm not sure, but it, it basically goes and follows the, the lives of some of these, the, the most world-renowned uh, bodyguards in the industry for actors, singers, politicians, all of these different people, and my man Justin Bieber, okay? <laughs> I just lost like a lot of man points with some of you guys. <laughs> Come on, man, don't hate on JB. 
Okay, the difference between a bouncer and a bodyguard is that one is simply a checkpoint to get you into a facility, and the other is a trusted companion who paves the way for you to live your life without fear. The difference between a bouncer and a bodyguard, one lets you in and the other goes with you. Let me explain. Without a bodyguard, Justin Bieber, we're going to talk about Bieber for a little bit. Is that okay? (laughs) Justin Bieber would constantly be harassed by teenage girls, by people who want his money, whatever. Whoever you could think of, we live in a crazy world, right? Justin Bieber is not that big of a man. Let's be honest, okay? So without a bodyguard, Justin Bieber would would be followed. He would be living in a constant uh, state of paranoia and fear, always having to look over his shoulder, always having to worry about who's in his house, if there's, you know, is anybody in my car? He would have to always be worried about all of this stuff. But with a bodyguard, Justin Bieber is free to be himself and live the life he wants to live. Does that make sense? Justin Bieber gets to be himself and not live in fear because he has a bodyguard. And his, if you watch this documentary, his bodyguard plans every aspect of the day. His drives, his meetings, his meals, his flights, his concerts, his autograph sessions, everything about Justin's life, his bodyguard is intricately involved. And he goes before, he stays late, he goes with him, he's always with him. The only stipulation to this relationship is that Justin Bieber must trust his bodyguard to do his job. The only thing that would ever stop this relationship from going smoothly and things working out properly is if Justin Bieber didn't trust his bodyguard to do his job. The key question is, will you trust Christ as protector? Do we trust Jesus as our bodyguard? And this is a little bit off the wall, but look, he, he has made some commitments to you to safeguard you, to protect you. And will you trust him as your bodyguard? Because the Bible says that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, He's made a way for us. Jesus is our bodyguard because he's always going before us. He guards our rear. He is always with us. Live your life to the fullest and enjoy everything that God has given you without fear, without anxiety, and without worry. I thank God that Jesus is my bodyguard, that he's not just some man that stands at the, at the door of the church letting people in to some special club but that he goes everywhere with me. He goes everywhere with you. And the, the thing is, some people look at Justin Bieber and say, oh, well, he's important to have a bodyguard. He's, really imp- he's a special person. So are you. If you're here today and you doubt that your self-worth, if you doubt anything about that, I want you to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you were created in the image of God, and he loves you so much that not only would he die for you, but he would live with you forever. He wants to be with you. He wants to be your bodyguard. He has made the commitment to us. It's up to us to trust him as our protector, as our bodyguard. You with me? All right, cool. Number two, God's commitment is sacrifice. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Sheep fact. Sheep fact. Yeah, because I study sheep, you know, in my spare time. (laughs) No, I don't. But... Did anybody study sheep? No? Cool. Okay, good. I won't act, you know, okay. So Google told me this. Um, sheep, <laughs> sheep will overgraze, uh, ruining their land and wander away from water and into predators. They are clueless and defenseless creatures that are totally dependent 
listen, listen to this language, totally dependent on the shepherd to guide them into the right fields, lead them to water, and to keep predators at bay. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd in contrast to the religious leaders who are called hired hands because they leave whenever danger arises. And you, if you've lived any amount of time on this earth, you understand that there are people in this earth that, that are maybe be close to you or whatever. Um, whenever something bad happens, whenever tough times come, there are people that will leave you. There are people that won't walk through life with you, and that's just the, the reality of life. And Jesus is saying, even these religious leaders, they're not going to be there with you. I'm the good shepherd. Jesus says he's always going to be there for us. Now, there's a scene that I absolutely, I love this movie, John Q. Anybody seen John Q? Great movie. Any Denzel fans? Yeah. Justin Bieber and Denzel. We're getting it. We're... <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is a sermon here. But, but John Q uh, has, a, has a, a very, I think, a powerful scene um, that uh, John is, is Denzel. Uh, his son is very, very sick. He needs a heart transplant. Um, and his son's name is Mike. And uh, th- just, I want you to watch this. It's, it's about three minutes, but it's a very powerful image. And I want you to just, just listen uh, to the passion in, in Denzel's voice. Without a new heart, he's not going to make it. Okay. Take mine. What? You heard me. Take my heart and you put it in Mike. You can't be serious. You bet I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Physically, you can't do this. Yes, I can. I kill myself. You open me up, you take my heart. It's perfect. Man, that's just crazy. No, no. We can't just remove your heart and put it into Michael's body. John, there are too many unknowns. Matching a donor and a recipient is extremely complicated. There are several critical tests that have to be taken. Like what? Cross matches for blood type, chest cavity measurements. If both blood tissues are not completely compatible... Come on, I know all about compatibility, okay? We've been tested up the wazoo. We're both B positive, our tissues match, his heart's three times the size of a normal heart, so mine will fit. It's out of the question. Too risky. Doc, I'm telling you, he will make it. Can't... You'll let... No. So what? So if I'm laying on the floor dead, you're not going to take my heart and put it in him to save his life? You'll let two people die instead of one because of a technicality? What do you think Mike would want? What about your wife? Mike's too young to know what's good for him. I'm his father. It's my job to protect him. Into Mike is... Denise would do the same thing. John, look. I know what's happening to Mike is bad, man. Matter of fact, it's the worst. Sometimes you just got to let go and let God. Just accept it. Except, except what? Except what? That Mike is going to die. No. No, I don't accept that. Ever. All right, he's a patient to you, I understand. But if you, he's a good kid. I mean, he's, he, he, he loves bodybuilding. He's, he wants to be a bodybuilder. Can you believe that? And he, he's funny. He's, you'd like him. You'd like him, Doc, if you got to know him. I do like All it. right, then. Then please, I'm just begging you. Step outside the room. I'd like to, John. I really would. But what you're asking crosses the line. It is completely unethical. So it, what? I'm not, I'm not. I'm crossing the line. You're crossing the line. The whole system crossing the line. Who cares? Maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. My son's going to live. Maybe you guys haven't figured that out by now. I'll do whatever I got to do for him to live. So what are you going to do? You're going to shoot me if I operate? I'm going to kill myself. 
All right? Let's just see what happens. I mean, that's what this is all about, right? He needs a donor. Somebody's got to die in order for him to live. I'm his father. It's me. Mm. I love, I love um, this movie, and I love this section of the movie because um, doesn't that sound like somebody? Doesn't that sound like Jesus? Let me, let me share some of these quotes from Denzel. He says, take my heart and put it in my son. It's the only way. Jesus said, I'm the only way. I'm his father. It's my job to protect him. I don't accept that Mike is going to die. I don't accept that fact. I'll do whatever I got to do for him to live. And somebody's got to die in order for him to live. The passion of Jesus is right here in this movie. I can't help but think about what Jesus did on the cross for me, what he did for you, what he did for the whole world. One drop of blood is good enough to save us all. Jesus declared, I'll do whatever I got to do in order for them to live. I'll do whatever, whatever burden I have to carry, whatever pain I have to endure, whatever I have to do, I will take it to the cross and I will hang on that cross for them, for every sinner, for every person that has ever felt alone. Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. Jesus not only died on the cross, but he was buried in a tomb and he stayed there for three days just to resurrect three days later and show death that death is a liar. I'll do whatever I got to do for them to live. That's Jesus. The question is, will you trust Christ as your provider? When Jesus died on the cross, he not only only died for our salvation, but he also died for our protection. I love that Jesus covers his sheep. He protects them. He protects us like a bodyguard. All dependency is upon the shepherd if the sheep are going to be well off. Jesus didn't just die so we could go to heaven. He also died so that heaven could come to us via the abundant life that he came to give us. Jesus makes the commitment to be our sacrifice. I love that about our Savior. I love that about Jesus. He said, whatever I got to do to save you, I'll do it. It's up to us to trust him, just like John was here and he was going to fall back and trust. Sometimes you don't always have to know the answers. Sometimes you just have to trust that God will provide and take care of you. I look at my family and sometimes I don't, I don't know what's going to happen when we go to the mission field. I have no idea. Our job is not always to critique God's calling upon our lives. Sometimes it's just up to us to trust God in that calling. Amen? Number three, God's commitment is to search and rescue. Sheep fact number two. I study sheep. Goats need to be driven. And if you know anything about goats, goats are stubborn. Goats are disobedient. They eat everything. Um, They need to be hit sometimes and and shown where to go. They need to be driven because, uh, because of their stubbornness. But sheep follow the shepherd enthusiastically. Jesus said, the sheep know my voice, and they, they know me, and they follow me. They, the sheep follow enthusiastically. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. This is in sharp contrast to the religious leaders who are, who are called strangers by Jesus. 
because they see people as, as interruptions and as, as, as obstacles. Jesus sees you, this is the good news, Jesus sees you as you are, right where, you're off, right where you are. He sees you and what makes up your life, make, what makes up who, your past, your future. He knows you. He knows every hair on your head. Jesus knows you. And just like the, I think of, of the rescuers and people from all over the world uh, came to Thailand to save the, the, this Thai soccer team. They came from all over the world. There was this massive effort just to save these, these 12 boys, right, and their coach. From all over the world, they came and launched this effort to try to get to these boys. And I want you to know that Jesus launches a full-scale search and rescue to find even just the one person who was lost. The Bible says that he leaves the 99 to find the one, and then when the one returns, he rejoices. And it's a party because that one is found, and Jesus would do whatever it takes for that person who is lost to be found. I want you to know that you can be found by the Savior Jesus if you have been lost. If you've fallen away, if you've never known Jesus, if you've had questions about Jesus, Jesus loves you so much that he would be willing to die for you and bring you back to himself so that you can be a part of the kingdom, of the family of God. God wants to include you if you feel lost today. But there's also another type of rescue that Jesus came to launch. Now, we're going to lighten up the mood a little bit. Uh, because this video is, uh, is, is, I think it's hilarious, but, um, but let's just play it. Go ahead. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is 855 pounds with no collar on the bar, nothing holding those weights on there. Notice the lack of spotters in the video. Notice the lack of help. Took it off. Tried to do it. Hold on. Let me think about this. break shake it out he's getting ready he's ready he's getting ready to do it and then out of nowhere comes some help sort of somebody who's about half his size he says all right we're gonna put these back on here help is on the oh he's leaving okay wait no wait he's there gonna spot him. Nope. You got it. No, you don't got it. You, you don't. Yo, oh my. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> wow. 855 pounds without any spotter. That's uh. Yeah, I can't spot that. I squat that much. That's uh. Yeah. But the sad thing is that spiritually and in our lives, that looks a lot like us. If you notice that there was no help, he was trying to carry all this weight on his own. He was trying to do it on his own. He's even trying to record it on his own. There was, he said in, earlier, he just sets that up. Somebody knocks the camera down. He sets it back up because he's trying to film what he can do on his, on his own efforts. Too many of us look like this because we're trying to balance and lift our families, our careers, our relationships, our ministries, all on our own. We try on our own efforts. We try to make it happen because we have the talent. We can speak good enough. We can do all of these different things, and we try to make it on our own. And I want you to know that you were not designed to carry that much weight on your own. It is not your job to carry every aspect of your life by yourself. Listen to me. 
1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because why? He cares for you. Oh, the goodness of Jesus. Not only did he save your soul, but he saved you in this life so you could have life and life to the full. He loves you so much that he says, you know what? I know you can't carry that much weight. I know you're not strong enough. I created you. If anybody knows, I know. Sometimes you think you can make it, but I know you can't. The good news is that I'm strong enough, is what Jesus says. Come and cast it all right here. Give it to me right now, is what Jesus is saying. I'll, kill, I'll carry that for you. Whatever weight you have, whatever, whatever relationship, whatever struggle you have going on in your life right now, Jesus wants to take it, and he says, because I care for you. He wants to give you freedom, Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that he set us free. He wants you to live life to the fullest and not have to carry the burden all on your own. He can save you from doing it all on your own, and he can save you if you feel all alone. The good news about Jesus is that he will launch a full-scale search and rescue effort just to save you. If you're lost or if you're trying to balance and juggle life all by yourself, Jesus is your savior. That's the good news about Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me today? The question I want you, as your eyes are closed, I want you to just think about this. Will you trust Jesus as your personal savior? Will you allow him to come into your life and to take the burden that you've been carrying? Maybe you're here today and you feel lost. You feel like you have no hope. You have no future. Maybe you feel like you've done too much and you've gone too far for God to ever accept you again. I want you to know that that's a lie. Jesus loves you and Jesus died for you. Yes, you who have been doubting. Yes, you who have been struggling. You who have been balancing and lifting and working and trying to attain. Jesus is your savior. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, I want to I want to accept Jesus as my savior. I need him to come into my life. I need him to to radically take some stuff Take my sin, take my shame, take my burdens. You know what you have in your life. If you say, you know what, I want to open my my heart and I want to trust Jesus today. I want to truly trust Jesus. I put my life in his hands. If that's you today, I want you to just slip up your hand. Nobody's looking around. Just slip up your hand. I see your hand. see your hand. I see your hand. Awesome. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. That you have created a way, God, into the kingdom of heaven, into the family of God. I pray right now for those who lifted their hands, God, that you would allow them to open up their lives and to trust you with everything, God. And I pray for those of us who try to do so much on our own, God, and we get burdened with the weight of this world, God, I pray that you would take that weight from us today. God, and as we go through life, I pray that you would be our bodyguard, that you would allow us to have freedom in you and we would live the life that you have called us to live because you said we do not have a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind god you have given us freedom in you so jesus we trust you as our bodyguard as our protector as our provider and as our savior jesus we trust you god and collectively we put our lives in your hands we put this church in your hands jesus we trust what you are doing with us We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.
Amen. Can we put our hands together for the people that raised their hand? We want to celebrate. We're so proud of you. If you raised your hand, there is a round table in the back. Uh, it says, I raised my hand today. If it, grab, grab a little gift there. We have some stuff for you. Uh, I want to encourage you to do so. Um, my wife and I, uh, like I said, we're headed to the mission field, and we're super excited. We love this church, and I just want you to know that we're, we're thinking about you. We pray for you all the time, and we will take you in our hearts as we go uh, to Southeast Asia. So we love you. God bless you, and we'll see you soon, all right?